Okay, what chapter are we on? 16. 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Okay, wow. Is that a Jewish thing? I don't think it's a Jewish thing. No. Well, it's a Tanya thing? Okay, fine. So, you remember last week, Pedic Tesvav, chapter 15, we were speaking about two levels of Bainani, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And we said that this guy who's the second level Bainani, called Asher Loyavadai, he didn't even serve Hashem. What? He's not a Bainani? No, he is a Bainani. So why, didn't, he didn't serve? Why, why is he called he didn't serve? Because he does it by, by default. There's no extra effort. And then remember the Alter Rebbe says at the end of that chapter, what defines effort? He very, very briefly, he says, look, if you, want to be, if you want it to be considered effort, either you have to do one of two things. You ha- either you have to meditate on Hashem until you create some feelings that will push you to do the right thing, or you have to tap into your innate love of Hashem, which is already installed in your Jewish soul. But either way, you have to do something. And if you don't do anything, if you're able to manage Benini behaviors without doing either of those two things, it's called a Shaloyavada. You didn't even serve Hashem. Right? Right. You're just saying right, or you remember? No. You remember? Okay. So let's talk more about the first of those two methods. What are these methods for? What are they doing? What are these methods for? What are they doing? We have to struggle. They, they are struggle, but what do they do? What do they accomplish? Meditation. Well, one is meditation. Yeah, but what do they both do? What? Bring us closer to Hashem. That's too general. You're always going to be right when you say that. Well, that is true. It takes us out of the category of Hashem and puts us into Oivid, not Evid. Evid is a tzad. What I'm going for is both of these are methods for creating emotions. Okay? And which is the one that's meditation and not meditation? The first one's meditation, the second one's not meditation. But they both do the same thing as far as creating emotions. And Asher Loyavade, he doesn't have to create any emotions because there's so little resistance for him in maintaining Benini behavior that he just does it without any emotion. But, but both of these methods are methods for, this is what I want you to know, it's all I care that you know right now. Both of these methods are methods for creating emotion. Love of Hashem and awe of Hashem are the two main emotions. Yeah, and then everything else is a derivative thereof. Fine. Peg Tezayin, chapter 16. Here is the main rule about how a Baini serves Hashem. The main thing is, He has to rule over the nature of the left ventricle of his heart. By way of using, making use of the light of Hashem which shines upon his godly soul, which is in his brain, and thereby he rules over the heart. This is review. That, that sentence is review. It's just explaining. The Baini is a Baini because 
He uses the Mayach Shaltalev. He doesn't use the words Mayach Shaltalev, but you're familiar with that terminology. He uses the light of Hashem which shines in the brain to overpower the desires which are in the heart, specifically the left ventricle. We're not going to re-explain left ventricle, right ventricle. We've done all that. Okay. The point is, he controls his passions, his animal passions, by using his godly soul, mind over heart. Okay? All right. Here's new information. When he meditates in his, in his brain about the greatness of the Infinite One, blessed is he. And when he meditates, what happens? He gives birth from his Bina. A, bina is a particular faculty within the intellect. Creative thinking, elaborative thinking. So he gives birth from his bina, ruach das v'yiras Hashem b'meiche, a spirit of knowledge of Hashem and awe of Hashem in his mind, lies sumera, which is sufficient to provide motivation to go away from evil, to not do what what you you need to not do. Deraisa, whether it's of a biblical origin. Or a uh, rabbinical origin. Even something that is purely a rabbinic legislation. What, what people, God forbid, sometimes rationalize as being of less importance. But his, uh, his motivation will be sufficient to keep him away from any of that stuff. The Avas Hashem, and then also he'll have love of God. See, the first was we're talking about the awe of God that keeps him away from doing bad. And then also there's the love of God, believe Bechol Yamani in the right ventricle of his heart. That's the motivation to cleave to Hashem by doing Hashem's mitzvahs, the, the, the positive mitzvahs, both biblical and rabbinical. And that includes, first and foremost, the obligation to constantly study Torah. Okay, so basically what we described. person meditates, and that meditation gives birth to emotions. We mentioned Yira, we mentioned Ava, he mentions the Yira first, actually. Sumera, Vasei Toiv, the awe keeps you from not going where you ought not go. The love pushes you to go where you need to go. That's what we read so far. All right. <laughs> the Yasser al And furthermore, he has to know a major rule about the service of Hashem that the Bainanim do. Shagan im ein yad sich leveruch binose masagis lohelid avas Hashem bisgalas libei. That even if your mental capacity is not enough to give birth to real love of Hashem in a revealed way in your heart, you're not able to get that love flaming like a fire. You can't get yourself to feel this tangible, visceral love of Hashem. Rock, but rather all you're able to muster is ho'ava misuteris b'meich v'talumas lebe, 
a hidden or latent love that remains in your brain and in the recesses of your heart, meaning as opposed to the revealed aspects of the heart. So it's not shooting out, it's not overt, it's sort of subtle, low-key emotions, hardly even emotions. So even if that is the case, he's going to tell us even if that is the case, that he's not able to generate intensely powerful emotions. And here, by the way, he mentions why is he unable, because first he just stated the fact, he's unable to, to get the emotions really roaring. But why is that the case? And the reason for this, he says, as known to the people who study Kabbalah, the reason for this is because his brain and his nefesh ruch soul levels are in a state of being uh, like, a, like a fetal state. He calls it ibor, pregnancy. Like a fetus, which is behelem, which is concealed within the tvuna, within the understanding. And it's not in a state of being born and being revealed. In other words, you have to imagine this guy, he's meditating and he's trying to create emotions and his emotions are remaining like a little fetus who's kicking around in the womb, but it just won't get born. It won't come out and become a person. So he's able to create some type of emotion, but it's just not intense. It's not revealed. It's not overt. Now, if I were to tell you, there's a guy who meditates and the emotions that he feels for Hashem are very intense. In fact, he feels those emotions even more acutely than he feels his emotions about anything else in the world. And I described such a person, what would you assume about that person? As far as Benini Tzadik Russia, what I just described. person meditates and his emotions are so intense that he feels more intense emotion about Hashem than he does about anyone or anything in the world. Tzadik. Okay, good. This guy, though, we're describing right now is only a Bainini. So he is meditating, because he's not a Sherlai Avada, he is meditating. He is Ovid, he he's, he's working. But even when he does the work, the level of intensity of the emotions just isn't that extreme. We said it's like a fetus compared to a birthed baby. You following? It's not that hard. You following? Yeah? Okay. <coughs> okay. So he says, you should know that even if this is the case, remember what he said? You should know, even if this is the case. Altenebe is always trying to like stay one step ahead of you guys because he knows you're perfectionists and you're always going to give up and you'll be like, oh, there's no point anymore. I meditated and it didn't make me want to fly. Well, you know, sometimes you meditate and it's just a little, little simmer. Not even, like a little crock pot, like a little, you can barely see the bubble. You guys make, uh, you ever make chow in a crock pot? <laughs> yeah, like tiny little, it's not boom, 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 rolling boil. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's like that. <coughs> so he says, he's describing more. What is the condition of this guy? His heart understands. 
with the spirit of Chochmah and Bina that's in his brain. Gdullah saints of Baruchu, the greatness of Hashem. She understands at least the concept that everything is nothing before Hashem, relatively speaking. Everything is nothing before Hashem. Asher al and that therefore, <coughs> see, that's just a philosophical statement. Compared to the infinite, everything's like nothing. Okay, fine. But then. Therefore, Asher al that therefore, what should be the emotional conclusion from that idea? It is fitting for Hashem that every soul should yearn, should pine to just be subsumed in Him. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm actually yearning for that, but I appreciate the concept that it would be appropriate to yearn for that. You understand the distinction? I'm not making a claim that that's the result of my meditation. When I meditate on the fact that Hashem is infinite, everything in front of Hashem is like nothing, it doesn't actually produce in me an intense longing to be subsumed within His everythingness. I'm not claiming that that's my emotional reaction. However, at least I do appreciate the fact that that would be a that would be an appropriate thing to want. Okay? V'gam nafshe v'rucha yashir b'kir b'kach yasala hen liyes kolais elav b'chshikah v'chvitza l'tzeis menar t'kon hu aguv l'dav kebeh. He appreciates the idea, the being that Hashem is who Hashem is. Really, it would be an appropriate reaction that his soul should want to leave its, to shed its mortal coil, to use the Shakespearean language. Yeah. And, what? This, uh, whatever, it's, I think it's Hamlet. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> he wants to leave behind his, his embodiment. No, actually, he doesn't want to. He realizes that he should want to. <laughs> He still likes ice cream, so why would you leave the world when there's, a, when there's ice cream in the world? Even if he's not going to eat it, but it's comforting to know it's there in case he does need it. Any special flavor? What? Uh, mint chocolate chip. But he realizes that, that mint chocolate chip is finite, and Hashem is infinite. So in comparison, you know, who's going to win? Hashem. So it's not that his... His, his reaction to Hashem actually is that visceral, but he appreciates intellectually that that should be his feeling. Okay? All right. Rakshabal Korchon Choyes Chais. He appreciates also that the fact that the soul is trapped in the body is sad. It's sad for the soul to be trapped in the body. The soul wants to leave the body and be uh, bound up with Hashem. Now, that's not what he's really feeling, but he, he realizes that he, he realizes that that would be a sensible thing to feel. Is he a tzaddik wannabe? A tzaddik wannabe? No, because he learned Tanya and he understands that he should be happy being a Bainani. Okay, 
So you ask, your question is, this all remains in the intellectual level? Not entirely intellectual, but certainly not emotional in the pure sense of emotion. In other words, think about it like this. I'm going to use my own language here. This is not the Alta Rebbe's language. But between an idea and a feeling, so those are two different worlds. An idea, like I can tell you ideas that I don't even agree with, let alone like, right? So I, just because I have an idea doesn't mean I like the idea. And it could be I even dislike the idea. But I could, like I could, well, not today because of the, internet algorithms, but once upon a time somebody could articulate intelligently the argument of their opponent. Today we can't do that because we're all emotional, we just dismiss every, well they're dumb, right? Everyone's dumb. If they don't, if they don't agree with me, I don't even agree with me because I don't even know why I hold what I hold, I just know that that's what our team does, go team. But once upon a time before the internet algorithms turned everyone's brains into cream of wheat, you could have an idea and you didn't have to necessarily like the idea. You just, you understand the idea intellectually. I appreciate the argument. I don't agree with it, but I understand it, right? So that's intellect. Emotion is the opposite. Emotion is once you're emotionally tied to something, then it's like, don't confuse me with the facts. I have an emotional investment already, right? And that, by the way, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If that's how you feel about Hashem, that's a good thing. I got myself to a point where I'm emotionally connected to Hashem, and now even if I go through, let's say, some type of trial where I'm being tested, where I don't understand why something, why do good things happen to bad people, why do bad things happen to good people, right? I won't be disturbed. By, I might be disturbed, but I'm not going to be confused by it because I'm already emotionally committed, Okay. So that's like the two different worlds, intellect and emotion. Between intellect and emotion, there's sort of like a quasi-state, which in my English, this is not how the Alta Rebbe calls it, I'm going to call it an opinion. It's a clumsy translation, not even a translation, but I'll call it an opinion, meaning it's not a pure objective fact, and it's not already like a, an emotion, but it's sort of like, a little bit more nuanced, how can I say it? It, it? There's a little more personal investment in it than just a cold hard fact, but it's not exactly as intense as a real emotion. So, it's not like I'm walking around excited about this, but if you would ask me about this idea, I would have a personal opinion about the idea. So if you would ask me, is Hashem infinite? And I would have a purely cold, objective reaction. Yes, Hashem is infinite. And therefore, therefore nothing. It's just an information, just a piece of information that I know, that I hold in my head. Okay, that's called purely intellectual. Then the, uh, the other extreme is I walk around like I'm in love, just floating on cloud nine. Whoa, what, why are you so happy? Oh, because I'm with Hashem and I love Hashem so much and uh, Hashem loves me so much. Okay, that's a tzaddik. That's clearly it went all the way to the emotional realm. And then in between that would be a guy who would be like, I don't feel that intensity of emotion that the tzaddik feels, but definitely my connection to this idea is more personal than just a cold, hard fact that has no 
personal uh, bearing on me. So you understand what I'm saying? It's not purely intellectual, but it certainly isn't the full-fledged emotion either. Yeah? Yes. Yes. I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe we didn't say this clearly enough. This is, ex well, Mind over heart. you learned chapter three. You learned the 10 faculties of the soul. And you remember you learned, yeah, the 10 faculties of the soul, chapter three. And you learned there are three intellectual faculties and seven emotional faculties. And that the three, emotion, uh, the three intellectual faculties are called the parents. And the seven emotional faculties are called the children. So you know where babies come from. Children have to come from parents. So emotions have to come from intellect. They don't materialize out of nowhere. So yes, this is a process. Emotions do arise from intellect. What we're describing here is that, and that's why he used the metaphor earlier of a fetus as opposed to a born baby. There's some degree of the process going on but not the full culmination of it. A tzaddik would be, he meditated, and his, his med the ideas he meditated on became born as living, breathing emotions. This guy, it's like he's pregnant. You know, he doesn't have his baby yet, but he's like pregnant with it. Hopefully, ultimately, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. And this is what the Altenev is saying, that even if it will just stay in that in-between state, well, I don't want to give away what he's about to say, but he's, he's addressing somebody who's never going to reach that level of emotional intensity for Hashem that the tzaddik reaches. Okay? Okay. So, where do we get to? Okay, he's still describing the idea that this Benini is meditating on and, and appreciating. I'll call it appreciating. Like, yeah, I appreciate it. Not going crazy head over heels for it, but I appreciate it. I get it, yeah. It's a good thing. Okay, so what is he thinking about? He's thinking about that no thought can grasp Hashem. Ki im Except, like we said at the end of Perek Dalad, <coughs> the only way to grasp Hashem is through Teirah Mitzvahs. Like the metaphor of hugging the king when the king is clothed. You don't say, I'm hugging the king's shirt. You say, I'm hugging the king, even though the king is wearing a shirt. So when Hashem is invested in Teirah and Mitzvahs, and you're doing the Teirah and Mitzvahs, that's, that's Hashem. Hashem within Teirah and Mitzvahs. Uh, the point is, what he's meditating on here is the idea that, of course, it is proper and fitting to yearn for Hashem, and one who yearns for Hashem should then follow that up by going and doing Teirah and Mitzvahs, because that's the way to get Hashem, so to speak. Accordingly, according to this little meditation, it is fitting to go try to hug Hashem with your whole heart and with your whole soul and your whole might. What does that mean to hug Hashem? 
means to do all 613 commandments in your thought, speech, and action. Which means to try to understand Torah according to your capacity, like we explained. So behold, when he focuses on this idea in a deep way, in the depths of his heart and in his brain, in his mouth and his heart are aligned. That means he's not lying. He really believes it. Meaning he follows it up with action. That means he actually follows it up by doing what he's supposed to do, what he decided to do in his heart and in his mind. That means he actually is constantly learning Torah with his mouth, and also his hands are shot and his other limbs. His, his, the rest of his body is also doing the mitzvahs according to what he understands is the proper thing. Hare. So, Tvuna Zu. This Tvuna, he calls it a Tvuna. Tvuna is related etymologically to the word Bina. Bina means understanding. So, Tvuna, you could call it an understanding. I call it an appreciation. A Tvuna is technically more subjective than a cold hard fact but not as intense and fiery as a full-fledged emotion it's what i was calling clumsily before an opinion he calls it here a tvuna so this tvuna this appreciation that yes it is fitting it is appropriate it does make sense to want to connect to Hashem all the time and to make Hashem our only priority in life. Yes, I'm not claiming Hashem is my only priority, but I know that He should be. Not I know, I feel. How, how intensely do I feel? Not that intensely, but enough. Enough to what? And here's the, the main question. Enough to what? If indeed we're talking about a Bainini here. Not just to do something. No, He did meditate and He created a Tvuna. And the tvuna is enough. Enough to what? To, to maintain behavioral perfection. It's, the tvuna is enough motivation to maintain the behavioral perfection. <coughs> appreciation of Hashem. What else? Hashem is infinite. Everything else is nothing. That's what he's meditating on. If he would be a tzaddik, that meditation would cause him intense emotions. But he's not. He's only a bainani, and therefore the meditation gives him, like I call it, a little crockpot simmering. Okay, nothing too explosive. But it's enough. Enough to what? Enough to to serve as motivation to get the job done. Okay? You're saying if he meditates and he creates the emotion, then he stops, how long will it last? Usually it stops the day, bef the day after the warranty expires, is usually when it... Uh, it depends, it depends. I, there's no... 
there's no yeah it's very subjective it varies obviously it varies we wouldn't know because we're not everyone that was one of the I'm sorry there's another class for non bainanim okay you could stay because you already started with us so you could continue okay okay all right um so listen to what he says. This tvuna, hare tvuna zu, this appreciation, that's how I'm going to translate it, appreciation. Mislabashis b'maise dibur makshava atayda mitzvah invests itself in his action speech thought of Torah mitzvahs. Lies lam bechines meichin v'chayis v'gadfin lapar chaleila. To serve as brains and vitality and wings to lift them aloft. In other words, his tvuna, his appreciation of Hashem, serves as sort of like a, a motor to push his mitzvahs to a higher level. And that's really the main point here. The main point is the relationship between this tvuna and his thought, speech, and action. Because when we talk about the inner life of the Bainani, we're not describing something that, that, that's that intense, like a tzaddik. So the way we describe it is in terms of its ability to produce thought, speech, and action. Now, Asher Loyavadeh, the guy from the last chapter... He was able to do the thought, speech, and action without having to muster any particular extra motivation. What we're describing here is somebody who, that would not work for him. He does have to create extra motivation. How does he do it? Through meditating. And the meditation provides this drive or this motivation to produce the proper thought, speech, and action. Right, you were first. Yeah, yeah. looks exactly like a tzaddik, yes. You would never know. If you're observing, you would never know if it's a tzaddik or a bainini. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're discussing about this meditation. This meditation motivates him to do perfect behavior and thought, speech, and action. Yeah. And it elevates his behavior, yeah? Early on in the beginning, we spoke about how the thought, speech, and action are what are the delusion that elevate our soul. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. So here's the question. <laughs> Very good question. You're doing this to me because I called you out and made you remember chapter three. So you're throwing it back at me and reminding me of something from chapter 4. That's very good. Yeah, in chapter 4, let me explain the question. It's a very technical question, but it's a, it's a very good question. In chapter 4, we describe thought, speech, and action as levushim, garments. Mm -hmm. That the way the soul expresses itself is through these behaviors of mitzvahs. 
which we call garments. Because it's not the soul itself, it's ancillary to the soul. And yet, what he, and this is what you bring up, he says you shouldn't make the mistake and think that they're inferior to the soul. To the contrary, these, these levushim, even though they're called levushim, they lift the soul. Remember, that's what you're referring to. Right, okay. So now you're trying to reconcile that or fit that with what we just learned. That now I don't want to distort your question. You're, you want to reconcile what we learned in chapter four about the fact that the garments are actually, well, he says over there, because they're Torah mitzvahs and Torah is one with Hashem, these garments are one with Hashem and they're lifting us up to Hashem. Okay, so you're re reconciling that with what it says here, and you're wondering why would they, why would this, the, these behaviors require anything to enhance them or to magnify their impact if, they're, if the, the behaviors themselves were already described as being inherently godly. And in fact, in a certain way, superior to the soul itself. And now the soul, meaning the soul's appreciation of Hashem, is what's pushing these behaviors to have a greater quality than they have on their own? That's what you're saying? Okay. So, that's, that's a, a fantastic question. As we're going to learn more at length, more in detail, in chapters 38 and 39 and 40, there are differences in the effect that these, that the mitzvahs have on this world and on spiritual worlds. It's not all the same. It's not every mitzvah, every time, has the same impact on the world, or worlds, plural. There is, there's a difference between one mitzvah and, an <clears throat> now, there's another, <laughs> okay, there's another perspective from which every single mitzvah is absolutely identical. Um, without getting into that whole discussion. There's the body of a mitzvah and there's the soul of a mitzvah. There's the objective and there's the subjective. So there's a refining power that, the, that every mitzvah has on the physical world just by dint of the fact that it is a physical action performed in this world. However, at the same time, there is another aspect of every mitzvah which varies and depends upon the amount of emotional energy that the mitzvah doer infuses in the mitzvah. I've never seen that explicitly stated, but that makes sense what you're saying. That 
a Benini who's a Sheloy Avodai, we learned about in the previous chapter, he's not infusing his mitzvahs with any particular emotional energy. That's, that sounds right. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So our role in, in, in this discussion is to enhance the Tvuna through meditation. To create a tvuna through meditation. But it, it keeps changing. The tvuna keeps changing because our thoughts, actions, speech change. Well, a tvuna is, uh, you know, it's 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 not a physical thing. It's a it's a mental state, quasi emotional state. And the the real function of the tvuna is going to be determined by how it gets transferred into the energy of a, of a mitzvah. And that's what we call it. He calls it the meichin, the chayus, and the gadfin. The brains, the energy or life, and the wings of the mitzvah. Now, from a certain respect, a mitzvah is a mitzvah. And even if you don't want to do it, but you did it, and it has its objective value. However, at the same time, there's another perspective of mitzvahs, where there is a qualitative difference between a mitzvah that was performed mindfully and one that was not. So the tvuna here is describing a mitzvah that's done mindfully. And even that is not binary, it's on a spectrum. How mindfully? Well, it depends how great of a tvuna you managed to produce through your meditation. Yeah. So a tvuna also has a body and a soul in it? No. No, Tvunet is the soul of the mitzvah. So there's no body to it. It's an abstract thing. It's emotional energy. It's not, and it's not even emotional energy. It's quasi-emotional energy, which we're going to speak about. Really, because a Tvunet is so abstract, it's hard to get it to click with physical things. Emotions, real emotions, are visceral. You feel them in your body. So they more readily translate into behaviors. Tvunas are so abstract that they're almost like, 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 like ghostly. Like they don't really click with the physical world on their own. Like hovering around it? Yeah, I'm not sure because he doesn't use that term specifically. But. Okay, should we continue here? Let's continue. Okay. So he says this tvuna becomes the the meichin and the chayis and the gadfin for the mitzvah. Listen to what he says. Ki'ilu as if asik ba'am betchilu rechimo mamash hashib iskalas libay as if you had performed the mitzvah with full-fledged, intense, revealed, burning love. You didn't perform the mitzvah with such intense emotion because you weren't able to create such intense emotion. But what he says here is, I want the Bainanim to know that even if your meditations cannot produce the intense emotion that a tzaddik's meditations produces, you should know that your tvuna is counted, is reckoned as if it were an intense emotion. And he goes on and explains this. In brackets he says, 
בחפיצה וחשיקה ותשוקה ומרגשת בליבי ונפשי עצמי אל השם מפני רשביי שעבוסי שבליבי כנזכיר אל He counts it as if you were yearning and pining and longing with your heart and your soul, thirsting for Hashem, with a fiery, glowing coal fire of love in your heart, as if. Not really, but as if. Why do you get credit like that? Why does Hashem give us that credit? Was he just being nice? He's just trying to be nice. There's a rationale behind it. Because your tvuna, even though it's not intense, raging emotion, and it's only in your brain and in the recesses of your heart, it's not revealed in your heart. However, it is what brings you to do the behavior. So since it translated into behavior, apparently it wasn't too shabby. Is this like the kiss, the Ahava Rabbah analogous? No, 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 no. This is no, the Avarabah is intense emotion. This is the opposite. It can, he can, continues the rationale. Vulule. And I'll tell you even more. If you hadn't meditated and mustered this little tvuna of yours, you wouldn't have done the mitzvah. Rather, what would you have done? You're not an asher le'avada who can skate by without meditation. No, no, no. If you wouldn't have done this meditation and mustered this little tvuna, then you wouldn't have done a mitzvah, you would have done something else. You would have taken care of yourself. You would have done something that you want to do instead of what Hashem wants you to do. So the fact that your tvuna was enough to get you to do what Hashem wants instead of doing what you want, apparently it has some, it has some power to it. And therefore, Hashem is saying, I'm going to count that as if it were an intense emotion, even though it's not an intense emotion. Now we have to explain, why does it require this whole explanation? Why does Hashem have to explain why it counts and looking at it as if it were an emotion? I'm, we're going to get to that, but let's, let's keep moving here. He says in brackets, V'gam im humasbid even a person who naturally learns all the time, he naturally loves his body more than Hashem. So the fact that he's able to keep himself going and focused on learning, that must have been because he got himself to, to be motivated to do it. So you hear what we're saying? If you wouldn't have meditated and created this little tvona, then you wouldn't have done the mitzvahs. And certainly you wouldn't be doing the mitzvahs consistently. And the Benini is doing mitzvahs consistently. So Hashem counts this little tvona as if it were an intense emotion, even though it's not. 
This is what our sages hint to when they say, when they say, you ever heard that expression? Hashem, well, literally, Mitzarfa means combines. Hashem combines a good thought to a deed. Usually the way we use this expression, we say, uh, oh, you know you're going to take me to the airport at 1 o'clock? Don't worry about it, I got a ride. Machshava you had a good intent, and it'll be counted as if you did it. That's the expression. Machshava that a good thought, a good intent, Hashem reckons or counts like you actually did it. You didn't do it. You wanted to do it. You would have done it, but it, uh, you were, it wasn't needed in the end. It's not that you gave up and said, I don't want to do it. No, no, no. You were ready to do it until the very end, and then it wasn't needed anymore. So that's called So listen what the Alter Rebbe says. He's not saying this is pshat of that statement, but he's saying this is a remez that you can take from this statement. The formulation of the phrase, really, if it would be consistent with the way our sages talk, you would have thought the wording would be that when you have a good intention and you meant to do it and you were ready to do it and then it didn't work out for reasons beyond your control it is considered as if you did it the wording should have been and yet that's not what the wording is the wording is which literally means Hashem combines Hashem combines but here's the concept. He's going to say, why does the expression, why is the expression Hashem combines a good thought with a deed? Remember what I was saying before? That these tvunais are kind of like abstract, ethereal, and emotions, real emotions, are visceral. You feel them in your body. Nochem Chernobyl, the Talmud of the Baal Shem Tev, says that when he would uh, say, Amen Yehesh Meirabah, he would get physically fat from the pleasure of saying, Amen Yehesh Meirabah. He was a real tzaddik. Nochem Chernobyl got fat from Amen Yehesh Meirabah, I got fat from Bere Mine Mezainas. <laughs> I didn't make up that joke, by the way. I'm just repeating a joke I heard. Okay. Um, but the point is, a tzaddik's feelings for Hashem are real, visceral feelings. You feel it in your body. So therefore, his emotion that's in his body, it's not a far leap at all for that emotion that's in your body to then be expressed through your body as a mitzvah behavior. However, you're talking about a benni who's only creating a tvuna, and the tvuna is so ethereal and abstract, it's hardly more than just an idea. It's more than an idea, but it's not a full-fledged emotion. It's not something he's feeling viscerally in his body. So there's sort of a leap to get from that state into a physicalized state of a mitzvah behavior. You follow what we're saying? There's a little gulf that needs to be bridged. So watch what he says. 
כי דחילו רחימו שבסקלס ליבי הם מסלבשים במייסר מצווה לאחי יסום ופרח לילו when you have real love and awe of Hashem like a tzaddik does those emotional energies are easily invested into a mitzvah to make those mitzvahs fly because a physical heart is also physical like any physical body part the only difference is the heart is he calls it uh, more internal he doesn't just mean the physical location of it although that too because the physical is related to the spiritual but the point is the heart is a physical organ real emotions are felt physically and that's what a tzaddik feels for Hashem it's not a big leap for that emotion to then carry over into a physical action. However, these tvunais that the Beninim feel, which are not full-fledged emotions, they're very lofty, they're very rarefied, they're very spiritual, and they're far removed from physical action. And of their own accord, they wouldn't be invested into the physical mitzvahs to serve as what we call before the Meichen and the Chayas and the, and the, and the Godfin. Because they're, they're just too different. The Tfunas are too abstract to serve as the motor of a physical action. Imlai, if not for the fact, Hashem intervenes and literally puts them together. He combines the Tfuna with the action. And that's what he's saying is the meaning or the hint within the meaning of this saying that machshava toiva. Machshava toiva is a good thought, but here it means a tfuna. Hashem combines it. Because if Hashem didn't combine it, if Hashem didn't put it together on its own, it wouldn't go together because one's so abstract and the other one is physical and tangible. Vehena nikrois. This tvuna is what's called the machshava teva, a good thought. These are not real, visceral, revealed emotions like the tzaddik feels. It's just an appreciation in the mind, and it's in the recesses, the hidden parts of the heart. So Hashem has to get involved there and sort of make that shidduch, put it together. Or otherwise, it wouldn't. It wouldn't translate into a um, what we called before meichin v'chayis v'gadfin. It wouldn't. You, Hashem wouldn't. If Hashem wouldn't put the tuna into your behavior, they would sort of be like oil and water. They would just like be two separate things. Yeah. The tfuna leads him to do the mitzvah regardless, correct. But it wouldn't have the intensifying effect on the mitzvah to give it that greater qualitative 
the motor, yeah, what we call meichin v'chayis v'gadfin, right, the motor, except Hashem pushes it and makes it happen. No, the person does not feel it. No, you're asking a good question. No, he's not saying that you will have the subjective experiences if you had real Ava Vayira. You will not. But the effect your mitzvah does will be as if you had had that, <coughs> that real Ava Vayira. Okay, let's finish off the, off the pedic. We have like three lines here. Uh, he says, Tvuna is the letters Ben Ubas, son and daughter. Son and daughter are awe and love. Love and awe, actually. He says, This is a very deep Kabbalistic concept. But sometimes what happens is the tvuna can come down and become brains for the nukva de zeranpin. That basically means that this abstract appreciation can translate into the motor of an action. When Hashem does this, or, or and this I'm not going to explain at length, but in chapters 38, 39, 40, we'll have. A whole lot of it, God willing. Um, remember I said that this combining creates a qualitative advantage to the mitzvah that it wouldn't normally have. So he, he, now he names what that is. It causes the mitzvah to have an impact on the level of the world of Bria. Mitzvah <laughs> which is normally the world that's affected by mitzvahs that are done with true love and awe that were generated through meditation. And even though he didn't generate true love and awe through meditation, he only generated a tvuna, Hashem gives it credit as if it were done that way, and therefore it impacts the world of Bria. Even without Hashem's intervention, the impact would have reached the world of Yitzira, which is one level lower than Bria. Like we're going to explain later at length, I said, chapters 38, 39, and 40. So really, the intervention here that Hashem is doing is to make the spiritual quality of the mitzvah affect one higher world than it would have on its own. Yeah. Okay, and that's chapter 16.